Thank you for joining us. This is Paul Wilson. And Chris Emke. And you're listening to Diesel Performance Podcast. Chris, huge 15% off switch on the fly tuning sale kicking off over yeah. at Duramax Tuner. End of summer sale. End of summer sale. End of summer sale. So Cannot wait. Easy link, switch on the fly, EFI Live, switch on the fly, all 15% off all month of September. That's right. Yep. So I, I'm, I'm stoked. I think that's going to be a big one. Listeners, uh, call in, ask for Chris, your yeah. extension 2121 over at Duramax Tuner. You got it. Uh, the, you will be able to help them out. Yeah. So, so that's awesome. Uh, guys, a lot of activity lately over on Fans of Diesel Performance Podcast Facebook group. Uh, if you what haven't joined that. What a mouthful. I know. It's so long, dude. Jeez. So, do you remember? I think about a year ago we went through trying to change the name yeah, of the group. Didn't uh, work out. A lot of really clever suggestions yeah. that just weren't practical enough to implement, yeah, yeah. is what I would say. So thank you to everybody. Uh, guys, hey, you're finding it. So regardless of how long we made the name, I was thinking about adding four more words, but we won't. Yeah. Um, it, it works. And thank you guys all for jumping on there and participating. Chris, uh, one of the other things that we have right around the corner is the end of sled pull season. Uh, yeah. So over on the Duramax Tuner YouTube channel, YouTube. Uh, we're going to start having some uh, some of that sled pull footage and some of the videos about some of the different events we went yeah. to. Those are it's all going to start getting published. Jam-packed. It's been jam-packed. Yeah. We've had sled pulls at least once or twice a week. We've had a dirt drag in the mix. And then it becomes fall, and then that's drag strip weather. That's you it. Know? So we're going to have some fun come fall, I'm sure, as well. <laughs> I'm stoked for it. Uh, guys, make sure you stick around. we got a full show set up for you here today we're going to have on one of our one of our longtime friends yeah. and co-workers uh joey howdy elson joey howdy elson <laughs> what's unique about joey is how joey has worked with us uh, we'll, we'll have it in the interview um yeah. i thought it was only like five years and then i think about it i've been here eight he was about a year after me so you know seven yeah. years and how he's held off and getting into anything uh with some uh some technology behind it if you will and he's stood his ground with an old mechanical 12 valve truck i'll tell you what uh for somebody it, it is funny to see how different people will succumb to peer pressure in different ways yeah. because we we work in a culture of a lot of peer really pressure. bad ideas yeah. Yeah. a lot of people telling I'm you to usually, do things that i'm usually are, the victim of are, that are not <laughs> maybe in your best financial interest a right. lot of fun but yeah. probably not the best for your pocketbook uh and joey instead of doing what the rest of us have done at some point yeah. which is go out and make a really huge stupid financial decision yeah. is he's just slowly chipped away at his love yeah yeah and 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 i think that's probably the best way to phrase no. it i mean it's it, the this interview doesn't do the truck or Joey justice, right? Like you, you don't, you don't get to experience seeing Joey coming in and out of the office every day, driving the truck, or the seven years of seeing that truck in the parking lot. Like yeah. he does take good care. He takes pride, which is something that any of our listeners, right? Anyone that's a true diesel enthusiast or just an enthusiast in whatever your field is, you know, it, you, you take pride in what you do, and that's that passion, right? That's that drive. That's what makes you do the things you do with that given interest that you have. Um, and, I mean, uh, someone will look at, at, at this 12-valve truck and be like, oh, yeah, it's, it's a 30-year-old truck. But the Joey, like, you know, it's it's something special. It's you know? a labor he, of love, man. He takes care of it. He operates it. He goes on long trips with this thing. He works this thing. He, you know, he, he works on the thing, wrenches on the thing. And, uh, you know, it's just it, it's cool to see that passion. That's right. Well, hey, we're going to kick it over to hearing about that passion uh, right now. Joey Elson, how the hell are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Man, this is your first time, isn't it? It is. Man, we're <laughs> popping his V-card. So Joey has worked with us over at Calibrated Power and Duramax Tuner. Six years? Five mm, years? Coming up on seven now, uh, seven. 2015. So this is six and a half years now or so. Damn. So so yeah, so we know Joey pretty well. Um we've we've worked with you for a long time. You started in customer service, moved into a sales role, work with some of the, the larger accounts at Duramax Tuner, but you also have have always had a passion for diesel is my my general understanding. Yeah. Um I started at a little shop in Union actually where Paul grew up. And uh, I used to drive the shop truck, which was an old first gen. And at that point, I didn't even know what diesels were, basically. Um, Other than it was loud and obnoxious, right? Yeah, well, that was the thing. The exhaust had fallen off that truck, and I loved driving it. (laughs) 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 And I went to do – he said to go to an oil change or something, and I popped the hood, and I thought for sure it would be a V8 because of the way they sounded. It was a straight six, and I was just super confused. Yeah, right. And um, 
another old guy I did um, side jobs for had a first gen as well, and um, it ended up coming up for sale, and I bought that off of him, and pretty much all, all I knew to do was put diesel fuel into it, and yeah. that's pretty much how it all started. That's it, man. I love I love when the beginning of like getting into diesel performance is literally just jumping in somebody else's truck who also thinks not a lot of it, right? Yeah. Like they weren't like, oh no, this is my super special truck. This is a big deal. They were just like, yeah, yeah, yeah go take the truck and go yep. do this. Exactly. Uh, and then all of a sudden you jump in and you're like, oh shit, I just got bit. <laughs> well, I think it's like if someone tells you, oh, this is like super special, super special, like it kind of detours you, like, yeah, I don't fucking care. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> but when you get into something that has no there's no prep work for it to be special to you and it clicks right and then it, you resonate with it and you're like oh that this is this is my happy place like, yep. <laughs> this is what i enjoy you know those things come when you least expect it and that's pretty much you know working yep. as a shop hand in the shop driving around an old 12 valve tow truck or whatever the hell it was yeah that was exactly you it. know then you're hooked yep. that's it and then we got howdy so <laughs> so joey so i want you to to kick us off here Give us a little bit of your background um, with the current truck you have, because you have this 12-valve that we talk about at the shop all the time. Uh, and, and, guys, we're going to have some photos up on the Facebook group uh, and on the Facebook page of Joey's truck here so you guys can take a look at it. But why don't you give our listeners a rundown? Tell us about your 12-valve. Well, uh, I've had that truck for about 11 years now. It was my first vehicle in high school and everything. And, um, yeah, picked it up. It was a rust bucket. had a big old lift gate on it, little pizza cutter tires. Uh, it was originally the A five eighteen automatic, so no lockup, so just screaming all the time, just awful. <laughs> um, and let's see, yeah, through high school, didn't really play with it too much. Um, had a bunch of electrical issues with it, uh, which first gens are known for. Um, and I pretty much went through probably my last six months of high school with only three gears in that truck because the ECM fried on it, <laughs> and I didn't know how to fix it so just rode around and with three gears no heated intake or anything uh, I, I had to wait in the parking lot for 15 20 minutes after school to let it warm up before it would even move under its own power because <laughs> the, the trans just was awful Not happy. um and what after that probably uh, eventually fixed it all but i bypassed everything with switches <laughs> 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 didn't fix anything properly because I, I was still learning and um you know, fast forward a few years and I had it running pretty good. Um, started here, uh, and that's when things really kind of started to take off. Um, I kind of started re realizing the potential of the truck, um, and ended up doing a NV4500 manual swap on it. Uh, stole that out of a second gen, um, so it's got a South Bend uh, South Bend single disc or organic clutch in it. Um, just the, your typical maxed out VE pump, which we're gonna upgrade here soon because it's leaking fuel. So. Uh, we're going to play with that some and do some different injectors and all the supporting mods like that. Um, but no, overall, it's it's been an awesome truck for me. It's really never let me down. Um, I Back in high school, I rolled it um, and put a fresh body rolled on it. Rolled it, like crashed it. Rolled. Yeah, like we were on, on the way to get Little Caesars Pizza, and <laughs> it wasn't in four-wheel drive during a snowstorm because I was too lazy to lock the hubs. And... Um, yeah, flipped her over in a ditch, and it was upside down for about an hour, hour and a half before the tow truck was able to upright it. And police and fire and tow truck were like, it's not going to start. It's been, it's been upside down. It's been hydro-locked. Yeah. And they already charged me like 250 bucks to flip it over and pull it out of the ditch. So I was like, ah, let me see if it'll start. And hop in, and yeah, fired right up. It's spewing oil everywhere because at that point <laughs> it had a stack that had broken off in the bed from the roll. And um, so showered oil everywhere, um, idled out, and... All the trans, it was still an automatic, so all the trans had, had leaked out on top of the turbo. So when it was upside down, it was just like plumes of white smoke. Yeah. And everybody thought it was going to catch on fire, and um, it didn't. <laughs> so, <laughs> and of course, it being a Dodge, you always have spare trans fluid with you. So I poured like the three quarts I had in there, and I was able to limp it home. Well, first, we got the pizza, but they had to remake it because it had been a while since we ordered. <laughs> So we got the pizza. <laughs> I drove her home, and we—I mean, it was missing most of the glass because it was upside down, and everything was smashed. And got that was it, it, some interesting looks to say the least. And cruising at maximum like 35 miles per hour, it was—it was a good time. <laughs> so I love, I love so many parts of this story. We're gonna back up. We're gonna break some of this down for you guys. Uh, 
number one, I I want to talk about getting the truck in stock form and then starting to work on it once you started to hear it at Calibrated Power. Joey, we, especially back then, uh, we worked on almost all of the diesels out there that, like, are not 12 valves. Um, that's, yep. like, exclusively one that we've just very recently have, like, turbo support for over right. the last few years. Um why did you want to start to upgrade the power in the first place? What, what, like, did you? Get, I can't remember. Did you get big tires on it, and then it was like, oh, it's even more doggish than usual? <laughs> like, was it just, oh, I see fast trucks at work, so I'll make my rust bucket fast? Like, like, what was it that got you moving on on wanting to get more performance out of the truck? Well, uh, back I guess before or after high school and, and before working here, um, I had. I had played with the pump and I had watched a lot of like a YouTube videos of like what you could kind of do to these trucks and I, I yeah and I had tried to play with it and I turned up the VE pump and stuff and it didn't really seem to do much um, and I started here and with the help of like Owen our old tech um, playing with some other stuff on it I was able to further play with that VE pump and at that point and that and once I did the five speed swap too um, there was like a huge difference in actually putting power to the ground. Um, and that, that's kind of what started is like, okay, this thing actually really does have some potential. And, at, and Owen, again, uh, he, had, he, he had that old 12 valve himself that he parted out, and he had a, a compound turbo kit sitting in the cab of one of the other trucks full of dirt and grime and dust and what have you. And I bought that off him, and I put that on mine, and um, – I mean, yeah, it just. Oh it my took god, off. I forgot about the twin <laughs> kit. Was that like the pie cuts too? That wasn't like a bent tubing, right? Oh no, it was totally homemade. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> what I. This is, what I've always liked about the first gens is like because that's like kind of how I got my start, you know, with playing with this stuff, and everything is super versatile. Like you, you could work on that truck very easily. You understand what goes where. Uh, very, very simplistic. Yeah. Right. So you know, Joey, you, you had said you had crashed the truck yeah right and you rehabbed it right? <laughs> yep and then when we're talking about the turbo kits like you, you put the twin turbo kit on the truck you ran it and you've done other upgrades and it's like snap of a finger twin kits off new turbos on yeah like, you were able to do things and work on that truck in a sitting yes you know the conversion kit to do the manual wasn't like it, it's a big job don't yeah. don't get me wrong i'm not downplaying it but you know the simplicity factor is really in your favor it is um, do you do you think that like that's part of one of the reasons why you like granted you've had the truck since high school mm -hmm. sentimental value but yes. like you wanting to tinker with it is it because it is so you know friendly to work on and you know you, you have that ability to you know <laughs> do what you need to without any like real specialty tools and like things like that what, what does that stuff look like yeah i mean the first uh, 12 elves in general i mean they're an awesome starter truck because for one they're cheap they're easy to work on. There's YouTube videos of everything you can do to those, yep. and they're they're pretty forgiving. Like, I definitely screwed up stuff, and I was like, "Oh, better go and do that." <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know, the trucks didn't care. Whereas with your common rails, like, well, that could have been a blown piston, or <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, the twelve valves are, are forgiving. I mean, they're very robust, obviously. And I mean, even if you blow up a whole engine, well, go pick up another one for fifteen hundred bucks. Right. right. That's <laughs> that's hard to beat when we're talking about diesel, right? Yeah, it I remember. Is. I remember when I was on YouTube learning how to turn up the pump, right? Yeah. With the fuel screw and the in the fuel pin and then I wanted to advance the timing and I see this guy with a fucking ratchet strap <laughs> ratcheting one from the pump over to the other engine hook and you know that's that's how you adjust the timing uh, that's one of the approaches yep. there and I had to watch like three or four videos to make sure like you know this is real <laughs> you know it's not a prank video just no, to see yeah, who will yeah. do it yeah yep I'll tell you what, that woke that thing up, man. That thing was rowdy. Yeah. You know, afterwards. Yeah, it's just silly stuff like that. You know, it's it's well, the twin the kit. Let, let's talk about the twin kit. So yeah. the twin kit you end up putting on it. That was after the NV forty five hundred. Yeah. So once I did the NV forty five hundred swap, I ran it as the stock H one C for probably a year and a half or so, and then um, crashed it again. This time, at least, it wasn't my fault. And it, it, <laughs> somebody not paying attention to the road, evidently pulled out of his driveway right in front of me, and I took off his front end, and went into an oak tree after that which is what really wrecked the truck so i had the whole front clip off and uh, i had the the compound kit sitting around and i was like well that was a good time so <laughs> polished up the turbos comes out of resurrection yeah <laughs> what'd you yep. do for the turbos in that so stock h1c and then it was a s366 over top of it okay so i mean pretty small as far as compound kits go but for a stock ve pump that's still way more than enough air for that pump sure sure how'd it drive 
What did you think of it? First time I took it for a drive, um, I was impressed because uh, the, the stock turbo, um, you know, you'd hammer on it. It was just kind of smoky and slow and just nothing real special. And, and, and the stock H1Cs are quiet as well. Yeah. Not really much of, a, of the turbo whistle we love and whatnot. And the compound added a lot of whistle, but actually made the truck quieter exhaust-wise. It, it's really like adding, adding a muffler to it, you could say. So I was surprised by that, but, I mean, yeah, the, the performance overall, it used all the fuel. It really wasn't smoky. I mean, you could drive that truck, and it wouldn't smoke at all if you wanted. That's essentially a gem of a, of a piece of advice out there for you guys. If your wife is asking you why do you need a compound kit, it is essentially because it's like a front-end muffler. And, and I think <laughs> yeah. that she will grasp that and appreciate that, and that's – that's where it's to live by, straight from Howdy himself. <laughs> now, with this truck, you know, you, you use this truck, though. Oh, yeah. You, know, you, you tow some some trailers. You live on a farm. Yep. So what's what's the daily workload, or what, what's some of the uses that you've you've used the truck for? Um, well, uh, I would say for a long time the most common thing was uh, probably hay and hay wagons, um, which the first gens are known as being a light truck, and it, it didn't do great with the hay wagons because the hay wagons would push that truck around a little bit. Um, I actually over uh well you'd know it over in bull valley there's a real steep hill and i was trying to tow a hay wagon and um got halfway up the hill and the rear tires broke loose and um so i was stuck there spinning the tires and my hubs weren't locked in oh no <laughs> so cars are going around me and i've got this full hay wagon and, and i'm like oh i don't know what to do <laughs> so a guy gets out and he and uh, he's like i I've blown three transmissions doing exactly what you're doing. I was like, well, all right. That. <laughs> so, and he kind of stares at me for a minute, and uh, he's like, you want to, you want me to help you pull up the hill? I was like, yeah, I'd love that. Wow. <laughs> so, no, no, no. Please just sit here and watch, watch me blow me. up yeah. my transmission. Tell me, tell me about the, tell me how you did the three transits. Right. Yeah. I love that he also did it three times. It wasn't yeah. like, yeah. hey, I, I did this once and learned my lady's <laughs> like, hey, I've done this three times yeah. wrong. Yep. So he finished help, help him pull me up the hill. Um, so that was an experience. So pulling hay. Um, I have a I got a car trailer for it now, and um, so tow a lot of. Hey God, I, I buy too many junk vehicles. So all the project cars, um, more hay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the tractor around here and there. Um, the horse trailer a lot because um, of course the girlfriend has horses. So. A three horse trailer um so it's like a six thousand pound trailer and then plus the horses so you know figure fully loaded somewhere around like eight or ten thousand pounds probably yeah, yeah. um and it uh, i mean yeah it does everything it's on 36s and 354 gears so it's not an ideal tow set by any means <laughs> no but i think so the reason i asked that question is is you know you you get these guys that you know they're they're shopping right they they want to get into diesel mm -hmm. and you know for me i I had experience, right, all the different generations. You know, you play, you get into it, and then it's like, okay, what's next, what's next, what's next? But there's a lot to be said about some of those older platforms. And yeah. I think, you know, the, the versatility of those older platforms, and there's so many different ways you can go about modifying them, right? There is, yeah. Um, and we're talking a truck that, <clears throat> I mean, we're, we're talking almost 30 years old now. <laughs> yeah, she's you know? a 92. <laughs> so, you know, next year that's a 30-year-old truck still out there it's been rolled crashed how many times you've, yep. you've swapped this and that but you still take this truck this truck on longer trips and yeah. you still work the truck yep and it, it's it sounds like it's never left you stranded one time um i was a little ways from home picking up a junk tractor of course um and the fuel shutoff solenoid uh started closing on me okay and um didn't know what it was at the time so had a buddy come pick up the truck and trailer for me and everything and got it home and found what it was so um i completely deleted that like everything else on the truck the malfunction just get rid of it and now it's just a pull toggle cable switch nation <laughs> yeah. toggle switches pull cable what yeah there's basically the headlights are, are the only original switch left in that cab so <laughs> <laughs> oh God. can we joey i get i get a lot of listeners asking about doing an nv 4500 swap yeah uh, in these older trucks it's something that's really popular because of how notoriously the 47s and 48s yeah are. the the yeah. dodge mm -hmm. transmissions are for those yes. right so um can you walk us through a little bit of what that was like you did that did you do that on the lift in the shop or did no. you do that at home in the driveway or in the barn yep at home in the driveway um so um, best thing to do is to find a, a donor truck, I would say. I, I didn't, but I found a guy that was, for some odd reason, uh, swapping from the NV to an auto. 
Well, actually, no, we figured it out. He put the clutch in wrong, and, it, and he put the pivot ball in the bell housing wrong, so the clutch was never fully engaging, so he thought that the manuals like just couldn't hold power. Well, he installed it wrong. But b- b- benefited me, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so fuck him. Yeah. So what? What? how long was that, that process, you know, start to finish? You ripping all the old shit out, mocking up the new stuff? Like, what, what did that process look like? Well, um, and, and at this point, I was still kind of novice. Like, this was by far the biggest thing I'd, I'd undertaken, undertaken on that truck. A um, lot of homework on the Internet, of course, um, trying to find everything I could. And so you have to do a different bell. Uh, I'm sorry. You have to do a different adapter plate on the engine. Um, it, torque specs, too, is a big one that you don't realize that you need until you're putting it together. And you're like, hey, that probably needs a certain torque. <laughs> so, um, but, yeah, the adapter plate is different on the first gens. Um the trans itself, um, the way it mounts up under the truck, of course, automatic to manual uh, transmission mounts are different. So I just kind of winged that, wung it. <laughs> okay. Winged but it. Winged it, yeah. <laughs> and um, so start to finish, oh, shoot, probably after work, probably a week's worth of time or so. And then I once I had that together, I, ha- I had to measure the drive shafts because those are different lengths now. So I had to I'd have both of those adjusted lengthwise. The rear one gets longer, front one gets shorter. Um, also, I bought it again. Owen bought a used uh, his used clutch for that truck, and um, he's real gentle on stuff, so I didn't feel bad about getting it. Um, but he 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 sold to me uh, with the flywheel, um, and but he didn't include the the uh, the spline lineup tool. So I tried to put the trans in, and I was like, wow, this is not lining up at all. <laughs> and I went back and, like, looked at actual kits. I was like, oh, I'm missing that that lineup tool. So um, I had to use a motorcycle jack with 4 by 4 blocks on it and, like, ratchet-strapped. And that's that's a cast-iron trans with a cast-iron transfer case. So it's like it was awful wrestling around <laughs> by myself. Um, and there's just a lot of little things that you run into that you just kind of have to figure out as you go. But it's definitely doable. Um yeah, actual trans jack would have helped, and yeah, <laughs> maybe a somebody lift, to help. A power tools, a yeah. second set of yeah. hands, right? Yeah. yeah, but it's doable, and I, I, I think the hardest part is probably just finding good donor parts that uh, you trust. Um, yeah, I mean, doing those swaps. I mean, it gets. Anytime I've ever done a swap on anything, you always try to find a whole truck. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, you don't think, you, know, you you think about doing a manual swap, right? It's like, okay, well, you know, slave cylinder, pedal, yep. clutch bell housing trans you don't think about the pedal the cables you know you don't think about those little things the little mm-hmm. rubber grommets the yep. shift boots yep. you know like you don't think of this stuff so it's like when you start getting into those nickel and dimes i mean yeah. that can make a conversion kit astronomical in cost yeah whereas like my philosophy was if you could find a whole donor truck you have the rest of the truck to sell to recoup some of your money yeah. back you sure know? and you have all the parts that you need yeah sure. But, uh, I mean, a week's time as a DIY in a driveway, that's not shabby. Like, that's yeah. not too shabby at all. It wasn't bad. And Oh, uh, another unique thing, too, with doing it that way is with the first gens, um, the 518 and the um, – so there's a stock coupler between the, the transfer case and the automatic trans. And I found a guy on one of the forums, and he made a custom spline adapter because the splines are different from the manual trans output shaft to the transfer case input shaft so had to find that uh, i actually lucked out on that guy i don't think he does it anymore but um yeah it's all these little things that you just that's like, such a huge save to find that <laughs> yeah. like you know because yeah. you're there and it's like if you figure I, I assume you figured that out at the end i i had been art, uh, researching this so long like yeah. I, I had the parts for a long time before i was like <laughs> okay i think i have everything to try this i'm gonna park the truck and start tearing shit apart yeah yeah i i don't borrow, borrow mom's little hyundai for you know that whole time frame and um <laughs> yeah it's it's and when you're a first timer just again something that big it was very intimidating but sure. it's um, I, as I've kind of figured out as I've gotten older, just kind of jump into things and you'll figure it out as you go. I think it's a, a good approach. <laughs> I love that. I love that. The guy did months of planning, but his advice to you is just jump in and figure it out yeah, as you go. Just well, there's a difference between investigation, pre-planning, and doing the work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. like you, you can never be you never prepared, prepared. Yeah. for that until you just dive in. Plans mean yeah. nothing. Planning is everything. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. Because I'll tell you what, I did a I did a manual to an auto 
with my second gen when I had it, I would never go from an auto and do a manual. <laughs> that swap, fuck that. I'll take shit off all day long. Putting shit in that wasn't once there, forget yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, now with that truck, um, the 66 I had on it, that was that's been pushing oil for a long time, and I kind of prepped in my head what to do in case it starts run, running away on me because it was pushing a noticeable amount of oil. Yeah. <laughs> so I was ready come she starts running away on me. But um, I wanted to test out our still, our HX35 still 64, and um, so I took all, all my compound stuff off. And like Chris said, I mean, that was I was able to do that all that stuff in a matter of a couple of hours, where on any of these newer trucks, I mean, God, that's – at least a full day's, if not two days worth of work. It's a full day job. work. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, full day job. And so swapped it out, and um, tell you what, the first fire up, I couldn't believe the sound of that turbo. I, I still, I drive, I drove it in today, and it's I can't, I love the sound of that turbo. <laughs> How does that turbo drive compared to the compounds? Uh, spool up's a little bit slower, of course, but. You know, especially with mechanically injected trucks versus the common rails, the tuning plays a huge role. With 12 valves and mechanical stuff, like, you're tuning it, it is what it is. You can't adjust around your turbos, really. I mean, you can, but that's going to take a lot of messing around. Um, Whereas tuning, it's like, oh, different turbo, you know. Well, you know, it's also a unique situation when you're talking uh, NH1C. I mean, those turbos are very small, non-intercooled. Like, there's a... You're not comparing like, <clears throat> oh, I, I took my stock HE351 off or my stock HX35 off, yep. and I'm going to put a 64 in its place. Right. You yeah. know, like completely different landscape of turbochargers. Yes. Um, but coming from a compound setup, you know, the, the, those old turbos spool very fast. Both you guys have swapped your compounds for a stealth yeah. on yeah. your comments. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we did. You guys are pretty much brothers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Pretty much. Twinsies. I need out of here. Trucks Joey, only Joey's got a little apart. bit more hair than me. So. <laughs> yeah, it's hot in here. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, but overall, I mean, you towing with the truck, you know, I don't know if you've towed your girlfriend's horse trailer and, and horses yet, but, you know, comparably so, I mean, the, the turbo holds up, manages EGTs decent, you know, decent mid-range, that kind of thing. So power-wise, uh, it's it's got pretty good power. Um, I would say with the compounds, it was easier to drive around the smoke a little bit. Of course. More um, of course, with the NV4500, that three to four jump is a big jump. And if like, like I was loaded down 4th of July weekend, so of course it was like 9,500 degrees out, humid as all get out. Perfect for any um, mechanical <laughs> yeah. and motor to operate. Ideal for a non-insulated, non-AC truck, you know. Um, it was wonderful. You and create your own AC, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I've, uh, yeah. And what was it? Yeah. Um, cruising on the highway. Um, I didn't have an EGT probe in it yet. I was watching my engine coolant because that's the next thing you watch. Yeah, right. And um, I would say I, I had to pay closer attention um, to my temperatures. Uh, I've got an EGT probe in there now and a boost gauge so we, so we can better R&D uh, this kind of situation in this truck and this setup and everything. 12, 12 valves in general, that turbo. Um but no, I mean, I would say overall, um, it, it's been pretty good. Um, and again, it's it's not a really a super fair comparison when you with these trucks and compounds do a single. But um, I right now I would have a hard time putting the compounds back on simply because of that sound. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean. Well, well, I wanted to ask this too, Joey. So now you've had this twelve valve in stock turbo, compound turbo. Now yep. you're in the Stealth sixty four. I have also rode with you in trucks like from Illinois to Indiana, like for UCC, <laughs> where you're in a much newer common rail tuned emissions yeah. equipped truck that has, you know, heated seats and cooled seats and all yep. the fancy bells and whistles. What would you ever go to that? Would you ever go to like, okay, the 12 valve is like just for fun or it's just for nostalgia. And now this is at my actual truck. You know, now at this point in time, um, I mean, I love my 12 valves. I, I got a second one uh, as like strictly the farm truck. You can drop a, a round bale on it and, you know, back into stuff. It's a, a big old flatbed. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've got those two, but if I were to get a new truck, which I don't think is out of the realm of possibility, um, especially like, like longer drives, uh, the, the old 12 valves, um, I mean, they'll give you a migraine after too long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that sound is great, right? I but mean, like, from the sound and the smell. I yeah, mean, you, had, yeah. you had a 45-minute ride in in the morning. Yeah. And, like, you were in the truck, and I'm sure, like, 
at least when you were talking about it here, it was nothing but smiles. Yeah. But yeah. At, at minute 48, at minute 52, you're like, okay, is this smile worth it? Like, <laughs> it's brutal. Yeah, out in the back roads and whatnot, where, where I live for the most part, it's fine. But you get into town here and, and whatnot, and it's like, ah, oh God, <laughs> <laughs> it's not nearly as fun, especially with a trailer. And um, first gen's brakes are the worst brakes you will ever use in any vehicle ever. <laughs> um, just plain and simple. Every vehicle I drive, I'm like, wow, this has got good brakes. And like, no, this is normal. This is what good brakes feel like. <laughs> That's what normal brakes feel like. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yep. Wait, do you not start um, pumping the brakes at a half mile out from a stop sign? Yeah. What do you mean? You I better remember, start downshifting. I remember I had a 90 first gen. It yeah. drums in the back, you know, discs up front. And, you know, you would pump the brakes a couple times when you were going, <laughs> man. And, like, there were times you'd hit the brakes and, like, you weren't slowing down. And, like, there were no leaks in the system. I mean, yep. you, you got to think. I mean, you're th- at the time, for me, it was 20-year-old vehicle. Now, you know, sure. 30 years. So. I mean, we have listeners so young that they don't understand what we mean when we say pump the brakes because of <laughs> Or ABS, drum brakes right? for that, man. Yeah, or I don't drum think brakes. anything yeah. are drums yeah. these days. No. But, no. Yeah. You know, it's just, it, it's crazy. I always appreciate and respect the truck because I remember myself young growing up. My dad's old, you know, one of my dad's old mechanics was, oh, you know, you want a motor that's going to stand the test of time. You need one of those old Dodge Railroad trucks. Well, the railroad truck that he was referring to were the old first-gen 12-valve motors, yeah. right? And, uh, you know, I've I've seen so many of those engines. I mean, every every first-gen I owned, they had anywhere from 350 to 500,000 miles on them. Never a lick of an issue. I had electrical <laughs> issues, yeah. but I never had a mechanical issue. Right, yeah, you know, right, those right. trucks never left me stranded. Yep. And you don't get to experience much. The A518s are unique yeah. in their own, but you get yourself one of them torque flight to 727 <laughs> three-speeds. Man, that's all you need, man. Those things are tapped out <laughs> 65, 70 down the highway. And, yep. you know, granted, this was 50, you know, 10, 12 years ago. And, you know, you, oh, you know, 60, 65, 70, you're fine. Motherfucker, highways out here, you're doing 75, 85. Yeah. Like, you're getting passed by everybody. Oh, yeah. like, Semi is included. The right lane, the right lane you're a hazard in, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. And, well, and, and answer your question. Um, if I were to go with a new truck, it'd probably be one of the uh, 17 plus power strokes. Um, I think because what we're able to do with tuning, yeah. um, the platform is tried and true at this point. Um, and my favorite part, or what, I shouldn't say favorite, but one of my favorite parts is uh, the aluminum body and us here in the Rust Belt. Um, I just love the idea of being able to drive a truck in the wintertime and not cringe every time I hear salt hit hit the vehicle and yeah. <laughs> so you wouldn't you wouldn't stick to your roots and get another Cummins huh I don't like driving my 12 hours I don't think it, we need to air the, the show <laughs> <laughs> it's the big selling point is aluminum body I did I hate like the, the first time gets parked for the winter I that winter's bad luck for that truck because yeah. it's been wrecked both times in winter <laughs> and yeah it's just those bodies are getting harder and harder to find and yeah. even the second gen I I cover in diesel and ATF to try and help fight off the rest best I can, but one winter and I was already like, oh, my Lanta. Yeah. <laughs> okay, just to back up real fast, you realize winter's not bad luck. You're just bad at driving in snow, right? Well, you know, super swampers in snow aren't great. <laughs> <laughs> and awful breaks. Joey, the and... answer would have been, it's hell to be perfect like you, Paul. Yeah. That's... I understand, but I think you guys should keep trying for it. Yeah. No, um... What a, what a blast, Joe. I really do appreciate you coming out and sharing sharing your story about your 12-valve with, yeah. with our listeners. Uh, if there's a piece of advice you have out there for a new 12-valve owner, what do mm-hmm. you think it is? First thing to address with those trucks, whether it be automatic or manual, um, I would say use either your clutch uh, or something with the, the auto. You already have on the table that you're going to want to build it if it's not already built. Um, other than that, um, like what I've done is just do your homework. Um you want to, you don't want to, especially with P-pump trucks, you can overfuel them relatively quickly, and now you're going to have a, a smoky, just not a very usable truck. Or potentially just hurt the motor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. yeah, exactly. Um, best piece of advice. I don't know. You can't really go wrong with them, honestly. Um, like the, the cost effectiveness of them, like I said, I mean, you could be stupid and blow it up, and yeah, you're out fifteen hundred bucks. Well, part the rest of the truck out, you'll make twice that back. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. Well, hey, listeners, stick around. Uh, we got more diesel performance podcast coming at you right after a quick word from our sponsors. Upgrade the factory transmission oil cooler in your truck 
with the XDP Extra Cool Direct Fit Transmission Oil Cooler. The XDP Extra Cool Direct Fit Transmission Oil Coolers provide you with an upgraded bolt-on design. Each transmission cooler is built with a high efficiency core to maximize cooling. Designed as a direct fit replacement, this transmission cooler comes ready to install with all the brackets, hardware, and accessories needed for installation. To find out more about the XDP Extra Cool Direct Fit Transmission Oil Coolers, check out xdp.com or find a local dealer near you. What is Worley Custom Fab's thermostat bypass valve, and why is it an important upgrade for your 2017 to 2019 L5P Duramax? 2017 to 2019 L5P Duramax trucks feature a unique thermostat assembly for the Allison transmission, which allows fluid to bypass the auxiliary cooler and use engine heat in the radiator coolant to reach ideal operating temps more quickly in cold weather. When the desired temperature is reached, the thermostat is supposed to open and allow fluid to flow forward into the auxiliary cooler, which helps maintain transmission fluid temperatures at a safe level. Now the issue, this thermostat is prone to get stuck closed. So when the fluid gets hot and reaches the point that it needs to be cooled via the auxiliary cooler, the fluid is instead bypassed by the closed thermostat and returned to the transmission uncooled. Hotter fluid breaks down quicker, which leads to poor fluid performance and potentially premature damage and shortened transmission life. If you tow with your truck or live in a warm climate, this bypass plug is a must. Whether your truck is a daily driver, work truck, tow rig, or competition race truck, this is an issue that plagues all 17 to 19 L5Bs. When running one of WC Fab's shop trucks at the drag strip, they noticed temperatures reaching the unsafe zone. After some investigation, they found the auxiliary cooler up front was cool to the touch. The hot fluid was not making its way to the cooler. Upon further research, they found that even factory stock trucks were experiencing the same issue. With this discovery, the thermostat bypass plug was born. The CAD-designed, CNC-machined, anodized billet aluminum bypass plug requires a simple 15-minute installation. WC Fab has been building high-performance transmissions for the L5P platform for many years now and immediately started including this made-in-the-USA piece with every transmission that they build. Tested in-house on both their shop trucks and customer trucks, the Transmission Cooler Thermostat Bypass Plug for 2017 to 2019 L5P Duramax trucks can drop the fluid temperature from 15 to 50 degrees Fahrenheit by reducing fluid flow restriction to the trans cooler. The Exergy Performance Fuel System Saver works. If you have a CP4 equipped fuel pump, which is commonly found on the 2011 to 2016 LML Duramax, and also the uh, early 6.7 liter Ford Power Stroke engine, they're known for failure, period. Now, most of the time, if you put a lift pump on the truck, you'll prevent a lot of the potential failures. If you do regular maintenance, you can help help prevent the potential failures. But at the end of the day, there's still a risk that no matter what you do, that CP4 could fail. And when they fail, they have a track record for sending all of the metal shavings downstream. So you end up needing a whole new fuel system, new lines, new injectors, new tubes, new everything. That could be very expensive. Even if you're under warranty or you find a bundle package for a great price, there's still a lot of labor that goes into that, that job. The fuel system saver increases the amount of protection post CP4. So it's not gonna stop your CP4 from failing. What it's gonna do is that God forbid the CP4 gives up and it starts to send metal debris through the truck, it's gonna stop it before it hits the rest of your fuel system. And that's why they call it the fuel system saver. If you have a CP4 pump on your truck, you absolutely need to give DuramaxTuner.com a call today and get yourself a fuel system saver. All right, folks, and now we're here with our super tech, Jeremy Garnett. Jeremy, how the hell are you? Wonderful. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for asking. Uh, Jeremy, we've had a lot of trucks coming through the shop here lately. I noticed you're making some big progress on that Hummer build. Yes. Yeah. Uh, starting to get some things done. Starting to get some product that were back ordered for a long time. So, yeah. We're 
make some progress on that, but other stuff we had to do first. So. <laughs> I love it. Hey, guys, if you want to follow along on that build, jump on over to jgarnett 0 on Instagram. You'll be able to see Jeremy post and regular updates there. Uh, also, we have a pretty cool install that I believe we're going to talk about today. Yeah, I uh, got to do an install, uh, a turbo install on a uh, newer Dodge, a 15 Ram uh, 2500. A uh, customer brought it in from Nevada. Okay. Drove up, uh, wanted us to do the install, kept the truck for a few days, and got to install one of our new cells, Stealths on it. Yeah, Stealth 64 HE351VE, Stealth 64, and the HE300VG Stealth 64. Yeah. Um, this was a 300 VG, yep. Yeah, yeah. So these are these are the newest turbo we've released yeah. over at Duramax Tuner. Uh, I know the R and D truck has had a handful of them on yeah. and off of there, uh, but first, I'm guessing first one for a customer. Uh, first install I've done um, on a customer's vehicle. I mean, nice. I've done done a ton of them on our own, sure, um, stuff like that on off. But uh, but you can you could scrape and scratch all the all of our trucks, exactly, right? It's just the yeah. customer ones you got to be careful, yeah, especially of. Chris's. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that yeah, this one here um, is just a little bit different, just because it was a fully equipped missions equipped truck uh virgin never touched i mean a lot of a lot of aftermarket parts on it uh big 40 inch tires stuff like that but yeah uh virgin under the hood just oh, i love that uh, 70k on it and just a pleasure to work on <laughs> I didn't not, to... <laughs> not as much rust right didn't well, have to get the torch out exactly no that and then just like okay everybody knows when you take something apart you put it back together well the clips don't work properly you have to use zip ties you have to make it look pretty right things like that this was just not touched how'd it go man so so now i'm i'm pretty handy on like duramax turbo installs um and we almost always drop the trans i know, I know there are a handful of mechanics out there who still want to do like a a, a, a top end re- removal but i think most of us like nowadays are just like bro we'll shave a few hours just yeah. drop the transit and well, get this thing going i give those guys credit for doing over today i know what i can do and the time i can do it yeah in, so. exactly exactly yeah. What, what's the cummins like though oh uh, pretty straightforward um it is, you know, hangs off the side, just you know, six seven, just like any old five nine. Sure. But uh, it is buried in there a little bit more because it does have that big actuator on it. You do have a big battery box over there. Um, a lot of AC lines that run right above this thing. Even just getting that intercooler pipe off. Yeah. Is more difficult than an average, you know, five nine or early six seven. Sure. Um, one tip on this though is that you actually do have to lift the motor. So you um, once you get the intercooler pipe, the intake off, you do have to loosen up the motor mount, um, and you do have to use a engine hoist forklift, uh, something like that. You do have to lift the motor up. How far? Uh, a couple inches, just because you do have to clear the studs for the, uh, the new turbo to come off of the manifold. Okay. Um, you just don't want to. Why pull the EGR? Why pull the manifold? Yeah. To do a turbo, I mean, <laughs> just loosen the motor mount, lift it up. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's pretty straightforward. It's about an eight-hour job. Um, you know, I've done it a few hours. I've done a few of them now, so um, still takes me, still takes my time. It's a still a full day job. Yeah, it's a full day job. You just got you got to be careful. It's got to take it easy, and you don't want to rush it. Yeah. Well, okay. So with emissions equipped versus a deleted truck, what are some of the differences? Obviously, EGR is in your way. Yeah. On an emissions equipped truck, anything else kind of factor in there? Um, the exhaust. Sometimes uh, the guys will remove that. Uh, the, you know. The donkey off the back of the turbo sure. that goes in, or use an aftermarket exhaust. Um, this one, again, just factory, so you have to make sure that factory knock sensor is still in there. Um, and those are very anybody that owns a newer Dodge knows that they're crappy. Yeah, um, yeah. So you, you just don't want to disturb that. Um, and then also on that um, being factory, there's a, a little pin on that. Uh, donkey that goes into the turbocharger so that has to line up perfectly if it doesn't line up then you won't be able to actually put the band clamp back on the turbo oh, to get yeah, it back yeah. on then it has an exhaust leak uh, i've seen that sure um not so much here but on a video that i watched i've seen a couple guys doing that after turbo install has an exhaust leak and they're like where's it coming from what did you wrong <laughs> and yeah that pin was bent so it wasn't didn't have a fully good seat gotcha so gotcha that's an easy one to miss too because you know you might think like but well, Feels good, and the right. V-band oh. clamp is on it, yeah, so I must be set. Keep tightening it. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, any any special tools you had to use for this project? No, just regular everyday hand tools. Um, again, uh, an engine hoist. Right. You know, uh, actually, on this particular truck, uh, we had to use a forklift because you know it's 
40-inch tires and a 5-inch <laughs> lift. So, um, nice thing is it did have a big bumper on it, so you didn't have you had a place to put your knee. Sure, sure. So, I love that. The only good thing for those. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to make a, sw- a swing at them, too, but I love that you jumped to it. Okay, okay, good. Uh, what's our pro tip for our, for somebody out there uh, getting ready to go do this? Uh, so take your time. Um, test drive the vehicle after uh, miles, um, burping the coolant and just miles, um, especially on these Rams because um, uh, on this particular truck um, and then tuning. So right. we you know we we put a uh, the aftermarket turbo on so the truck just wasn't happy after, um, and we actually had a manifold gasket leaks so, oh okay yeah just take your time make sure everything's good and then make sure you get the proper tuning if you are putting a bigger turbo on it that's right man yeah 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 uh guys these turbos uh these specific turbos can be dropped in uh but really uh you're going to get your best bang for your buck if you accompany it with our custom emissions right. equipped tuning as well so i think that's an easy move awesome well jeremy thank you so much for sharing your time with our listeners oh, today no problem. have a good day Guys, stick around. We're going to have our remote support expert, Sean Lynn, coming up next. All right, folks, thanks for sticking around. Now we have one of my favorite segments of the show. This is where we talk to our remote support expert, Sean Lynn. Sean, how the hell are you? Great. How are you, Paul? I'm doing wonderful, man. It's a good day. It's a good day. This has been a great show. I'm excited for our segment this week, Sean, because I am going to be playing the role of a customer, uh, a pretty common customer that we get over here at Calibrated Power Duramax Tuner, correct? Oh, yeah. So, guys, generally what happens is people will go ahead and get tunings. They dig at their truck. They're out there driving it a year, three months, three days, whatever. Later, they start adding other parts on. And so, Sean, you will commonly get a call where somebody calls in and says, hey, man, I've had my 07 uh, LBZ for a few years now. You guys tuned it last year. All of a sudden, I'm getting, like, really, really crappy performance. Uh, it's, it's like, the power doesn't come on. Down low, it's really laggy. Um, and yeah, man, I'm just, I'm not happy with it. Can you guys fix it in tuning? Yeah, we get questions like that all the time, and I would just need to know um, if any modifications have been made to your truck recently, and if not, then um, could you give me any more information on that? Yeah, okay. Uh, the one mod I made to my truck recently was a new custom intake. So my buddy, uh, pretty good fabricator, stacking dimes and whatnot, uh, threw an intake together for me. It's a monster, man. It's going to pull in all of the air I could ever use. Well, I mean, that's usually the issue right there. Um, the factory intake piping is a lot smaller than your monster intake. So the air is going to flow slower, and the truck's going to think it's getting less air. But so. it's getting more air. But the truck it's a bigger intake. The truck doesn't know that, though. Oh, uh, okay. So what do I do? So uh, basically in a situation like that, we would have you do a data log on it and take the data log and revise your tune for the larger diameter intake, and that's usually the, the fix for it right there. That's excellent, man. Yeah, guys, so what happens is the mass airflow sensor is calibrated to – to know how much air is passing it so by velocity it determines volume because it already knows the size of the of the inner diameter of the pipe so if you increase that inner diameter you're changing the velocity of the air going past it so in other words the mass airflow sensor isn't going to calculate the correct amount of air available to the truck so that monster intake you may get more power out of it probably not a ton but you will get more right so if you're the guy who's looking for every last little inch every last little horsepower it, it could work for you. Maybe, maybe not, right? Um, but what's key there is that we have to scale the mass airflow sensor properly so that it can can translate that the what's going past the sensor to call for the correct amount of fuel. So this is really, really crucial on the Duramaxes um, because that mass airflow sensor where it sits is just very, very finicky uh, as you start to change diameter of the piping. Yeah, some of the companies out there like S&B will keep the mass airflow sensor in the same location as factory or very similar, so there's no tune update needed. But other companies go with a gigantic diameter, and then they move it somewhere else, so it's either reading more or less. You know, it's just <laughs> something we need a data log whenever that, it's a, an intake that we're not familiar with. That's right. Absolutely. Now, and, and what you're going to see there is this mass airflow sensor is really a lot of customers will call and describe it as laggy. It's not actually lag. Uh, what it's doing is it's, it's not seeing the air, and, and it looks for air to command fuel. 
that's how we that's how we're able to balance the lambda limits or, or smoke output right for for somebody new to diesel so so it's not seeing air it's not seeing air it's not seeing air and then what will happen very commonly is all of a sudden it'll say oh wait there's a lot of air and it'll just dump it and it'll all your power will come on at once so if you get if you're like man my truck is really really laggy and then all of a sudden every time i hit 2300 rpm it just runs like a raped ape okay that's we're, we're dealing with a mass airflow sensor issue really really common there yeah, and the other thing is, too, sometimes when guys put their intakes together, they don't tighten everything down fully, and sometimes it takes a really long time for the mass airflow sensor reading to come up to where it needs to be, and so that would cause a laggy situation right there. Absolutely. Like I've been helping out a guy the past month with this same exact issue, and he's got something going on with his intake because the air reading comes up really slow, and he can feel that when he drives it. Yeah. You know, with his old intake, this never happened, but he's very adamant about having that new shiny intake on there. So <laughs> so a few tune revisions to get that dialed in. And that is something you should expect as an end user. Sometimes you'll get one tune revision back from your tuner and it'll just nail it and you're good to go and you drive it and you're happy. But commonly, especially as we deal with custom parts or brand new parts that are new to the market that we haven't able to you know, spend a week or two weeks dynoing here in house, when we're doing it remotely, you may look at multiple multiple revisions it kind of depends on what those results are like for you right at the end of the day yeah and every truck runs a little bit differently so just because this works on somebody else's truck doesn't mean it's going to work on yours and really everyone modifies their truck differently so there's definitely a lot of uh variables there absolutely well sean lynn thank you so much for stopping by the show thanks for having me paul guys stick around uh chris and i are going to be wrapping up the show right after this Hey, Chris, I'm really glad we got a chance to have on uh, Howdy. I think he was it was a great time talking to him about his 12-valve. You going to buy one now? No, absolutely not. Why not? <laughs> not he didn't close. sell you? Nah, he didn't I, sell you? You I, might be able to actually work on something I for loved, once. That's totally not true. You know I'd fuck that up. Um, <laughs> no, listen, listen. Howdy loves that, and, and you could hear that passion, I think, yep. come through ta- in him talking about it. Guys, again, make sure you jump on over to our Fans of Diesel Performance podcast facebook group we'll have some pictures up of uh howdy's truck you guys will be able to see it see how how cool it is and how much he loves it uh it really is a fun thing and a big shout out uh to our other two uh co-host or segment host segment host uh, Jeremy Garnett, yeah and uh sean lynn absolutely uh listeners thanks for sticking around uh we will be back next week with more diesel performance podcast plumes of white smoke yeah and everybody thought it was going to catch on fire and um it didn't (laughs) so 